Um, but if you haven't heard of us before, we are an organisation that talk about abortion. And um, we were founded in 2016 by three organisations. So Evangelical Alliance, who we both work for. So we do a lot with like um, policy and how Christians can actually live out their faith in jobs, regardless of where they are, what they do. And there's also Care for the Family, who are another Christian Christian organisation, and Life NI. So Life NI are they're a really practical organisation. They work with women who are experiencing crisis pregnancies, and maybe women who are pregnant and become homeless, or actually just have got nowhere else to turn to. Life are a really good organisation, and they're really really supportive. So what we actually want to do is come and tell you why both lives matter exist. Um, what the current situation in Northern Ireland is, and actually across the UK. Um, although there are a lot of, although the three organisations, well, especially Care for the Family and EA, are Christian, Both Lives Matter is not a Christian organisation as such explicitly. We welcome people from all faiths and none, um, from all different backgrounds and cultures, but it just so happens that we are Christian, so we're here to tell you about it and what God actually has to say about this matter. So what we want to do is we want to reframe the debate in Northern Ireland. I don't know when school if you talk about abortion, um, in RE, whenever I was there, we kind of stayed to all the philosophy stuff, which wasn't that fun, but it's okay. And so it's kind of a really like emotive topic. People get heated really, really, really quickly about it. Um, and we actually want to kind of change that up so it's more of a conversation in which everyone feels comfortable um, in this space to speak. We want to advocate for better care and pregnancy crisis. Um, as we we're saying, life exists, but life is only so big. Um, there isn't enough support in Northern Ireland for women who maybe find themselves in a difficult situation whenever they are pregnant. We want to create a culture that values the life of the woman and the unborn child equally. And um, We would say it's like a tug of war at one end. What's, what it's been framed as a woman is a tug of war. So at one end of the rope is a woman, the other end is the unborn baby. In a tug of war, someone always loses. We don't think that's helpful. We want to have this culture in Northern Ireland as someone that actually values both equally. And we want to safeguard the law and legislation that protects women and her unborn child. So later on, don't worry, it's not going to be born. We're going to tell you a little bit about the law in Northern Ireland and how it's different to the rest of the UK. Um, we're not your typical pro-life organisation either. We don't go around, um, we don't show graphic images or anything um, at all. We actually call ourselves pro-both, which means that we're both pro-women and pro-life. Um, as we're saying in the tug of war, um, both don't have to lose. Um, both can win, which is why we exist. We want better care for both women and children. We want to change this perception of a big abortion negative debate about this to something that's actually a really positive conversation. And like Scott was saying earlier, we know that some of you might agree with us, um, some of you might not, and some of you might not be sure. Um, a few years ago, I was really unsure where I sat, um, and regardless of where you are, we just ask you maybe listen out for a little bit. If you agree with what we say, great. If you don't, that's okay. Like, come and talk to us. Um, we're not going to tell you that you're wrong for believing what you do. We just want to have a chat with you about it. Um, we just ask that you listen to what we have to say. Um, and hear us out. So, our, yeah, so 100,000 people are alive today because of our laws on abortion. This is like Both Lives Matter. This is like what Both Lives Matter since you know more from this big figure. And whenever this was published, I think it was in 2017, people were saying, a lot of people actually complained about it, saying, that's not true, that's definitely fake. But we had it all verified um, by a few stats agencies, and this was proven to be true. So, if you think about Northern Ireland, it's like, what, like one point something million, nearly, not even two million yet, and 100,000 people is a pretty big chunk That's of our 5%. population. Yeah, 5% of our population are actually alive because of our abortion laws, and we don't really see why we'd want to change that. Um, as Christians, especially, we have a really good opportunity to speak in this space, um, and it's a real privilege as well, and we can do this with so much grace, compassion, and mercy. Um, 
So we're actually going to talk about what Jesus actually says in the Bible, what's in the Bible about this, um, how we can actually respond as Christians with normal stats and information, but also through our faith as well, because that's more important than just the stats. Um, so yeah, we believe that God not only just gives value to the to one or the other, but to both, to women, to the unborn, and also as well to men. Um, a lot of people say, but actually this is only a topic that concerns women and babies, but actually, guys, yours are just important as well in this. Um, we want your opinions and we want your voices heard too. So Hazel's is going to tell you a little bit about the theology and what God actually has to say. Mm-hmm. Do you press that one to change it? Yeah. yeah. This is good to know. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going like, to get back to basics, um, but I'm just aware that like, I've came across people who said to me, hey, I'm a Christian, but actually like, I agree with abortion because I don't think that Jesus would have a problem with it and kind of go down that line. I don't know if any of you have heard that kind of argument before or what it's like in schools to maybe talk about these things, but that's just kind of what I've heard. So that's why this slide is up. It's just to address that um, we believe that Christ is the, um, is the word of God in flesh, that that's what he came to the earth as. And if we want him to save us and if we want to accept him as our Lord, then we have to accept that like God's word is him as well. <laughs> we can't really separate the two out. That's why it's really important to look in God's word and to actually know what it says about this matter. Um, rather than saying, well, I'll take Jesus, but I'll not take what the Bible says. Like, we can't do that. Um, so I'm going to just go quickly through, because I'm aware, like, Holly and I can talk a lot. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start with what actually um, God has to say about women. And God has a lot to say about women from the Bible. So we have chose a really, like, a really, just one passage to draw out a couple of things. Um, so I'll just read it out quickly. Um, so it's Luke chapter 8, verses 43 to 48. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on positions, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the cards surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that the power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Um, so really, basically, um, not all women who experience pregnancy crises are like this woman, are like on the, you know, on the fringes of society a little bit, not included, but a lot of women are. Um, a lot of women from stories that I've heard just didn't feel like they had another option, they didn't feel like they had support, they didn't feel like they had anyone. Um, so I'm really drawing really loose parallels between this story, this is not ultimately what this story is about, but we're just drawing a couple of principles from it. Um, and the thing is, is that Jesus actually wants to reach everyone, and he doesn't just want to reach people who are marginalised, and go, there you go. Like we see here that he both reaches them and he also invites them into his family. Um, and whenever you think about the kind of time that you spend with your family and how close you are to them, that's Jesus's heart for people who are marginalized. That's Jesus's heart for that woman who everyone was like, she's been bleeding for 12 years, let's not go near her. No, that's his heart. Um, and so that's like, we really want to see women just supported in a way where they're really reached, where it's not like, a well, you've got this and this wrong with you. Um, and I guess, like, the other thing is, is that we live in a society where, like, a lot of stories that I've heard about abortion where people have afterwards regretted it is that they have said, like, 
Everyone around them told them that it was the right thing to do. People around them said, oh, you'll have kids in 20 years' time. It's not a person, it's not a baby, and all of this. So they're actually being really misled and deceived by lies. Um, and we have to have, like, yes, we can say what it is, and we can say that it's wrong, but we also need to be able to see that, like, it's really sad that people are being deceived by that and are committing these actions. Like, that's awful. Um, so it's just having compassion for the women and actually praying for them. Um, and then, oh, there's all my points, but bye-bye. Next one. <laughs> um, so we're not going to look at what God has to say about the unborn. Um, really, basically, just in Jeremiah 1.5, um, it just tells us that like, um, God said to Jeremiah that he knew him when he was formed in the womb. Um, I think with the abortion debate, there's a lot of like, well, when does it become a person? When does life start? Um, but actually, like the Bible makes it really clear that when a baby is forming in the womb, it is a baby. It's not like it's born and then it's like, now you're a baby. You know, now you're a person. You know, it's, it's as soon as, it, as it's formed in the womb. Um, and Job 121, um, we know that God gives and God takes life and it's his to give or take, um, not ours. Um, and Proverbs 31, 8 to 9 says that we are to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Um, and I think that the unborn are clearly a people who aren't actually able to articulate anything because they can't. But um, what are we doing to speak for them? How are we following um, God's heart for them um, as well? And it's not in this, but actually something I find really interesting is that um, the first... I hope I'm right in saying this, like, just call me out if I'm not. <laughs> but I think that the first person to recognise Jesus, or at least one of the first, was John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb. Um, it, said, there's, it says that actually whenever Elizabeth and Mary met each other and were like, we're pregnant, um, John the Baptist left in the womb because he recognised that it was Jesus. And Jesus was, like, unborn at that point. So, I mean, Jesus, Jesus was a person in the womb, so all babies are people in the womb. Anyway. <laughs> Um, and then the last thing is just um, God and us. Um, really kind of going back to what I said a little bit was just that I think that there's a real thing where it's like, well, we have free will, so why can't we just do what we want? Why does it matter and stuff? Um, but actually, like, number one, um, there's a whole kind of movement. Has everyone, like, has anyone heard the kind of argument, well, it's a woman's choice, and, like, I wouldn't choose it personally, but a woman can choose to do what she wants. Has, is that a kind of argument that people hear? Mia, I'm seeing heads on. Okay. Um, so the thing is, is that like, actually, like there are some choices that we are allowed um, to to tell people not to do. Um, the the very fact that we have a law in our in our world and in our land shows that we don't just trust people to make any choice whatsoever that they want, um, and it's just not a very good argument. Um, and especially. Um, laws are in place for if people will take actions that will harm another being. So if abortion is an action that harms another being, it's okay to say, actually, I'm not okay with you having that choice. Like, I as a person am okay with women having like thousands of choices and men, like, I am for that. I'm just not for choices that will harm another. Um, and that's, so that's why I don't really like the term pro-choice. Um, and just in this then, it just says that, like, we aren't to then run around under the thing where it's like, well, I can do what I want. Actually, um, God tells us to lay down our will for his will. Um, and sometimes that won't always look like what we want it to look like. Um, but, like, 
and, and like even you know having a baby when it's not convenient for you in our culture today actually might be a, a unique thing to do. It might not be the norm, well, or at least over in England it wouldn't be as much because the laws are more liberal. Um, but we believe that following God's wisdom is better than following our own, and it's where joy will come and prosperity will ultimately come. Um, and just before we kind of get into all the stats and law, we just want to say that everything we say is both lives matter and any statistics, any facts, um, it's not just our opinion. We didn't sit down one day in the office and just think, hmm, what numbers can we like make up? And um, These have all been like proven. They're all academic sources. They can all be verified. And um, If you want those sources where we found them, please feel free to ask, um, just because I don't think we've made them up, because we haven't. <laughs> we get a lot of people saying, oh, no, this isn't true, but it actually is true. Um, so I'm going to kind of need everyone to participate. I'm really, really sorry. I know you don't really want to, but you're going to have to. <laughs> um, so I've got a few questions just to kind of ask you and see what you think. So we'll tell you the answer after. But So first question is, under which circumstances is abortion legal in Northern Ireland? So the first answer is, A, when there's a threat to the life of the mother, B, none of it is illegal, or C, up to 12 weeks. So who thinks it's A? where there's a threat to life of the mother. Okay, who thinks it's B, it's completely illegal, you can never have an abortion? Okay, a few hands. And what about C, up until 12 weeks? Okay, so a few. So the answer is A. So in Northern Ireland, you can only have an abortion um, when there is a permanent, um, there's gonna be a permanent risk to the physical or emotional, or sorry, mental um, health of the mother, or if the mother's life is in immediate danger. The next one is, when is abortion allowed in Great Britain? So that would be like England, Scotland, Wales. Just exclude our laws because we're a bit different. So A, any time until birth. B, up to 12 weeks. C, up until 24 weeks for most reasons and up to birth for disability. Who thinks it's A, any time until birth? Okay. Um, B, up until 12 weeks. Okay. Um, and C, up until 24 weeks for most reasons. Yeah. So in, um, in Great Britain, you can have an abortion up until 24 weeks which is about six months. Um, and if you consider as well the fact that a baby can be born at 24 weeks and with um, medical care mm -hmm. can survive. Actually, recently a 22-year-old baby was born and survived. Yeah, so recently a yeah, 22-week-old baby was born and um, they survived. Um, it kind of just, if you think it's just, it, so baby, we're going to go into some of the um, what actually happens in the womb later, but it's kind of shocking when we think, right, six months, that baby could be living. Um, and now it is um, an abortion. And four, women's lives are at risk because of Northern Irish law. So like we were saying, our law is not as liberal as England, Scotland, Wales. So who thinks, true, women's lives are at risk because of our law? No? Okay. And B, false? Yes. Okay, so yeah. Um, we're going to go into the stats again later, but actually <laughs> women here are better. It's actually, our laws are actually better. Um, so our law, as we were saying there, you, it strikes a really difficult balance. Um, like we were saying, abortion's not an easy topic to go into and discuss with a lot of people. Um, it is, it's really, really emotive, and um, it's emotional. We don't know people's personal circumstances, but what has been statistically proven um, is that actually Northern, Ireland's, Northern Irish law strikes a really difficult balance between the life, health, and well-being of both the mother and the unborn child. It doesn't pit one against another, and one does not have to lose. Um, and like we were saying, it's only legal in certain circumstances. I think here people kind of say, actually abortion is completely illegal, um, which it's not, it's just in these limited circumstances. And now we're gonna go into some stats um, and just some of the science behind it. Yeah. Um, so it's really all in front of you, but like 
globally, um, I think abortion is the leading cause of death worldwide. Um, there's 50 million abortions every year over the world. Um, and as you can see in front of you, there have been over 8 million abortions in England and Wales since the 1967 Abortion Act. Um, and that's more than the entire population of Ireland, um, or the populations of Scotland and Northern Ireland combined. Um, numbers are like a big, big, big thing. Um, so to try and make it a little bit more understandable, um, as Holly shared earlier, um, in the last 50 years, we have 100,000 people alive today in our country who would not be otherwise. Um, and like for all the nerds out there, um, it's like a, this guy who's like who has a PhD in economics and has been analysing statistics for over 30 years for like Northern Irish like social policy. He's the guy who calculated that figure, so like he knows what he's talking about. Um, but to break, break that down a little bit, every for every year in Northern Ireland that the abortion law is different, we have 100 classes of P1 pupils every year, like for 50 years. Um, and that's the difference that's being made. Like, it, it's really easy for people to get you into into the discussions about the, well, like women are oppressed or this or this. But like, 100 classes of P1 pupils. Like, come on. Um, and in 2017 alone, there were 194,000 abortions in England and Wales. Um, and I think that like some like I was taught about abortion at university. And the guy who taught me tried to convey that abortions happen in Northern Ireland anyway, so there really is no point in you having a different law. And he really like wanted us all to agree with him. And it was only whenever I looked into the numbers that I was like, no, <laughs> we have a lot of people who are alive who would not be otherwise. And like that's like a guy at university, like that's a, a lecturer, um, like teaching a classroom of students as if that's fact and as if we should just accept it. So it's really important for you guys to actually know the numbers because. Um, you can't trust all your university professors <laughs> and other people. Um, in England and Scotland, and oh, no, not going to that, but in England, 98% um, of abortions are physically healthy women aborting physically healthy babies, okay? Um, two, less than 2% are in what we kind of call the hard cases, which are the, are the cases where, does, does everyone know what fatal, fetal, fetal abnormality means? No, okay, well I don't know, everyone's just a bit like. <laughs> it basically means that the, the baby in the womb is diagnosed that it will die. Um, so that's one of the cases where people are like, oh, sh you know, should abortion should it not be allowed, it's called a hard case. Um, and then as well in cases where there's been like sexual assault. Um, so less than 2% are for those reasons, 98% are for other reasons. So for people telling you that um, abortion needs to be allowed because of how horrendous the law in Northern Ireland is and we need to be the, rest, uh, the same as the rest of the UK. Actually, I don't know if we do, um, as whenever we look at this. Um, in Great Britain, one in, is it one in every, well, one in every, yeah, one in every four pregnancies will end in an abortion, um, which to me isn't, like shouldn't happen, it's not needed. <laughs> um, and one in every three women in Great Britain at some stage in their life will have an abortion. Um, and, Another statistic that we calculated was that um, in Northern Ireland, in, it's either 2016 or 2017, for, for every case of, for every baby that was diagnosed with Down syndrome, 90% um, of them were born. The opposite was true for England. For the babies that were diagnosed with Down syndrome, 90% were aborted. So 
abortion also just discriminates against people with disabilities. Um, and then to just bring it a little bit down again, um, scientifically, at well, actually, I'm going to go a little bit actually earlier than this. Um, at conception, to so the point where like fertilization happens and the pregnancy has just begun at the very beginning, the gender, the smile, the talents of that baby are determined at that point, and from that point on, it's growing into that. At three weeks, the heart starts to beat, um, and at Oh, at eight weeks, the limbs and the organs are developing and the body's basically complete. Um, at 12 weeks, the baby can respond to touch. And at 13 weeks, the baby is sucking and swallowing amniotic fluid to exercise the lungs. Um, where are we? I've got lost. Yeah, so um, like one of the reasons that this is discussed a lot and it is argued about is because it's contentious. And it just means that it's quite a controversial topic. I'm sh like I'm sure most of you would agree that it is like quite controversial, and it and it's not an area where people talk about it nice and calmly. <laughs> um, but the reason for that is, is that it is a really sensitive issue, and it's easy for me to show all the statistics and show why I care about it. But it really is important that we balance it with compassion, and that we want women who aren't supported in pregnancies to be supported. Um, and to be given like the best opportunity to be mothers and to thrive in that and not to struggle. Um, and we also knew that there are difficult cases. Um, and for like for some people, like being pregnant actually is really difficult. Um, and raising a child is no easy thing. Um, and some of the circumstances, like you know, people could be with a partner who is abusive or many, many, many things. So. It is, it is actually like, it's a difficult area um, and it isn't easy. Um, another thing is that with the difficult cases, we don't have the time to go into them. But if you check out the Both Lives Matter website, there are like so many cases of women where you can read their stories that they wrote for themselves. So there's one woman who, um, who actually had an abortion. She was told she could have kids later in life and then she wasn't able to have kids and stuff and there's there are other cases where people have been victims of sexual abuse and stuff like that so if there are cases you're, you're a bit like oh I'm not sure about actually head over to the website and there's lots of information available um, and really kind of off the back of that like we do really just believe that um, that women do deserve better um, if we look a little bit at our society like we live in a society where people are being like being told more and more that like it's okay to have abortions it's okay like and lots of things are just causing a lot of these problems um and we want we we want women like we want society to reach women um and to say like no we do care about you and even a step further than that as christians speak into a room that will be full of mostly christians um we want the church to be so active in it we don't want you guys to shy away from people maybe girls in your year, I don't know, um, but people who maybe do actually have, have pregnancies that aren't expected or that are a little bit difficult, we want you to actually, for God to like lead you in his heart for them. Um, I'm sh like you, you guys all heard, like, well, I'm sure most of you have heard like Rebecca Finley's um, story like a few months ago. Um, long story short, she had a surprise pregnancy, wasn't a Christian, and actually Christians who rallied around her and who supported her eventually were really instrumental in her coming then to faith in Jesus and she now serves full time in a church 
and it's amazing. Um, so just ask God to like help you to like reach people who need to be reached as well um, on a personal level. And like they were saying, are we country? Um, I love that saying. Um, we are different, um, and that's okay. Uh, we had a celebrity who came out on social media for weeks ago. If you follow us on Facebook, you maybe saw us in a wee video doing a response to her. But she essentially came out and said that um, Northern Ireland has one of the most restrictive abortion laws in the world, um, that we are really essentially oppressive to women. Um, and she said that basically for us to have a really free and equal society, women need abortion. Um, we don't think that's true. Women don't need abortion. Women need better choices. Women need better support in society. Women need um, love and care. Um, if, we, if we are going to have abortion, because we are viewed, in her words, as oppressive, um, how will that affect our society? How is that going to affect the most vulnerable in our society? Um, it's not going to be helpful. It isn't life-giving. Um, it doesn't actually help in any way, shape, or form at all. Um, having abortion does not um, equate to having the best choice um, for a surprise pregnancy, a crisis pregnancy, or just a pregnancy in general for a lady who doesn't feel that she can actually cope. Um, no one should have to choose it. Abortion shouldn't have to be a choice. Um, we actually should have better choices, like we were saying, like what life do life take women in? They have housing and accommodation for them. Um, we should have more options like that, rather than say, actually, we need to have abortion. It's act we should actually be saying, look, actually, we need more organisations like life, or better support for life. Um, we should be choosing for the life-affirming options um, for both the mother and baby. Um, we'd have a safer system, like Hazel was saying, people use, we are like, Both Lives Matter is very, very active on Facebook, if you follow us, we've seen it, but people always comment saying, um, no, but um, abortion, there's already abortions happening. Um, if you grant the abortion, um, if you have abortion legislation here, it's going to make it a lot safer. That's not necessarily true. As you've seen there in the stats, it's actually not true at all. Um, and as well, just back to that 100,000 figure, and he's always said about the primary school, the classes, and um, if you equate all those numbers into that, um, our society is so much richer for having those 100,000 in it. Um, our society would be lost without those 100,000. Um, it's not too high. It's not. It's been a verified stat. It always gets um, people telling us that it's wrong, but it's not. It's actually true. And um, we don't want to change that. We need to protect and advocate for the lives of the next 100,000 who are going to be saved because of our abortion legislation. Um, and we need to protect those lives as well. So, as a future, um, as I'm sure you've seen, um, down south, um, they recently had a referendum, and now they've passed abortion legislation. Um, and everyone kind of thought it'll only be until this limit. All this extra stuff won't happen. And now actually people are, there's a video as well going around on Facebook, and people are actually seeing now that their expectations aren't actually being met. The, the legislators are going above that and beyond it, and people are now like, oh, I didn't vote for this. I didn't want this to happen, and this is too far. Um, and actually, we don't want that to be the case here. Um, and as we were saying, as a Christian we're not a Christian organisation, but as Christians, we have this amazing capacity to be able to respond in this area. Um, and actually a responsibility to respond. Um, as we were saying in Proverbs, it says to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, and, and the unborn in our society certainly can't speak up for themselves, and that's whenever we'd be able to show Christ's love, um, his grace, and his mercy. So firstly, actually, the best thing that we can do as Christians is pray. Um, we need to pray for people. Um, we all know the importance of prayer and how influential and instrumental prayer actually can be, how life-changing it can be. Um, we need to pray for women who have had abortions, that actually they don't feel judged and condemned and um, pushed further to the outskirts of our society, but actually instead these women feel supported and loved by um, God and his church. And we need to pray for them that God is going to work in their lives um, and actually just be really compassionate towards them. 
And we need to pray for our politicians. We don't want a situation like down south where now everyone's saying, oh goodness, I didn't vote for this, what's going to happen? We need to pray that our politicians are going to be really life-affirming, that our politicians are going to stand up for the unborn, um, and that they're actually going to support the most vulnerable in our society, and also um, that they're going to make good decisions regarding this. Because someday there could, we could be like the South and we could have a referendum here. And we should actually have the backing of prayer with our politicians. We can't leave them with no prayer. And we also need to pray, um, if you could, if you could pray for us as well, for Both Lives Matter as an organisation. Um, the abortion, talking about abortion in this conversation, it is actually, you get a lot of negativity thrown towards you. Um, a lot of, although we get a lot of support, there's a lot of people who don't support us, and that's okay. Um, but actually just pray for us and that actually Both Lives Matter continues to thrive and we get to speak and just essentially tell like more stats. It is it is an education kind of really. And um, if you could pray for that, would be great. Um, as well as Christians, we can respond by showing compassion. Um, we need to respond to this issue with kindness, compassion, and with love. And um, we need to move it from a negative narrative where it's it's like so in school. I'm sure you're sure. I'm sure you've seen it in school. Anyone mentions the word abortion, everyone gets automatically really really triggered. It becomes a big argument really, really quickly. And actually, that as Christians, we need to move away from that and kind of bring this into a more of a conversation where you can bring your faith and also the stats and statistics into it as well. Um, if you go back even into the Bible, like Jesus never condemned or judged anyone. If you think of the instance whenever a woman is about to be stoned for adultery, Jesus said, he is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And Jesus showed love to that woman, um, even whenever society deemed that unacceptable. Um, also as well we will never use the words like sinner wrong um, not because it isn't true but just because it's not helpful um, sometimes people I think if you bring if you say that people are like I'm not listening to you anymore and actually we think we should be this in a compassionate way um, and I think people actually listen to that a little bit more um, we never come from a place of judgement and try to guilt and shame people into it it's not our job to try and convict people actually what we need to do is we need to try and talk um, Jesus and these conversations we need to bring him in because he's the only one ultimately who can change it and we need to show love and prayer in our societies rather than um, try and judge them it's important to speak up and as long as you're doing it with all that love and compassion and grace of Jesus um, it's okay because your opinion matters and it's important and that's not just speaking to the girls in the room um, like I was saying girls your opinion is so important and guys so is yours um, girls some days you're going to be mums um, guys some days you might be dads as well and um, it's important to be educated on this and support each other. Um, opinion matters. Your voice counts. Don't think it doesn't just because you're young or maybe you don't know enough about it. I was kind of the same. I was thinking, I'm never going to speak about this ever because I don't know enough. Someone's going to know more than me. I'm not a mum. How on earth am I going to talk about this with people listening to me? But actually your voice is so, so important and you actually know the impact you're going to have on someone. Um, it's like we were saying with Rebecca. Her friends were so instrumental in her coming to faith as Christians. Um, it's fantastic. Um, and also political involvement. I'm not telling you to go out and join all these political parties and become a wee keyboard warrior. I'm not telling you to do that. Um, but actually, in Northern Ireland, we have politicians from across the board who are like, who are really, really supportive of our campaign. And um, so, kind of just educate yourself a little bit on the politicians who's supporting, um, who's supporting like the work of Both Sides Matter and our current law in Northern Ireland. Um, write to them and tell them thank you. Um, tell them a bit about yourself if you want to. Write to them and. Um, campaign for the better services as well. Tell them that you want the better services because these guys, well, if we had an assembly, you could vote. <laughs> like, you know, that's all in itself. Um, you guys are going to be voting and stuff someday if you're not already 18 and if you have voted, it's a great opportunity. Um, voting is so important. Um, and also education. Um, I know school is like boring and stuff sometimes, but actually, education, it does really, really help. 
Um, if, you become, if you educate yourself on the Bible and what Jesus has to say and how he responds to this, um, that is so important. And if you educate yourself on the statistics um, and also all the stats, and even whenever you were saying about a baby, three weeks of heartbeats, a lot of people in our society actually didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought it was maybe like 12, but it's actually three. And um, Just educate yourselves because that's so important. Um, no one can argue with you whenever you say, here's the stats, here you go. And also as well with your faith, if you have such a conviction in your heart about it as well, that's amazing, and that's not something you have to shy away from um, at all either. We'll never hide our faith. Um, we're very, very open about it, and that's just as important as well. So um, it's kind of abortion is a topic you could talk about for hours, and obviously we're not here to talk about for hours either. And um, like he's always saying, if you go onto our website, there are so many personal stories of individuals, and um, maybe people who have experienced a crisis pregnancy or a surprise pregnancy or a baby they've been told is going to die before it's born um, or a woman who's had an abortion and been told she's going to have children and actually she can't. There are so many stories of this and um, you can go on and read for yourself. You can read a bit more about us and what we do and um, you can read a bit more about the stats and statistics. We can only show you some um, and we actually have little booklets so if you guys are keen on those you can ask us them and we'll get them brought down for you. Um, we also have a Facebook page where we post a lot um, from a lot of different sources you can follow um, and our Instagram as well that we're getting better on and our Twitter as well. Um, you can feel free to engage with us on any of those platforms. Um, message us, like, even like come chat to us. Like, yeah. We're not scary, we're only 22. Come chat away. Come chat to us after, but I have to rush on and see my granny, so be, I'll re- be, here. be really quick. Yeah. Um, feel free to ask us any questions. And like we were saying, if you don't agree, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> even as well, if you think of questions later, um, feel free to ask like Gilly or Scott and they can relay them just as well and we'll answer them for you. Um, but we just want to thank you a lot for having us in and for listening. Like, I don't know, I know stats can be boring sometimes. I know people talking through this can be boring, but we hope what we've said was actually interesting um, and that you guys learned something. But yeah, like, feel free to ask us anything. We're not going to tell you. If you don't agree with us, that's fine. We're not going to say, you're so wrong for not believing us. That's not what we're about at all. If you do agree with us, that's great. And if you do think of questions during the week, fire them to your leaders. They'll ask us and we can get answers sent out to you. So we're not going to leave any questions unanswered. But um, just thank you so much for having us in. And we really, really appreciate it. So thank you. If you all just want your back up on your feet, we're going to worship again just as we come to a close this evening.